I'll give you a little bit of just kind of overview, if you will. My parents just celebrated their 46th wedding anniversary. And uh, so, praise the Lord. And uh, so, 46 years, you got eight grandkids here on earth, a couple that unfortunately never got to meet, but that are in heaven. And uh, so, uh, I told you we were going to be honest and real today. And uh, so, we have some... I have nephews or nieces that I've never met. She has grandkids that she's never met. So we don't speak about those things in loose terms. Uh, They're very real to us and very personal to us. And so, um, you know, no great grandkids yet. We're still a... Glory, not yet. Not yet. (laughs) And uh, I I would beat her. Yeah, so we have, what, Maddie's 19, ranging to two months. So um, we started off with two girls, and uh, then we went for... Two girls. Well, five straight boys. Yes. And then. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so now we've got little Bella pulling up the rear, hopefully. I'm done, so I don't know. (laughs) Hopefully that's the end. But uh, so, but we do want to share some things today with you. I'll tell you a little bit of backstory uh, about my mom. Uh, As a child, she had polio. And uh, so she's uh, battled through some things. And so if you've ever seen Forrest Gump, like the shackles and the, the guards that he wore, she had those as a child, and yet she ran track as a teenager and, um, you know, just has a heart for God. She hates being in the spotlight, but, uh, you know, unfortunately she married or she had a preacher. And so that's just what happens. And so, but, um, you know, as I said, you know, I, I said a minute ago, and I, even during worship, I was like, I need to correct that. I said that my mom's played music for a long time, and that's not really... It is true, but it's not the whole story. My mother has played worship for a long time. My mother doesn't play music. She doesn't sit at home and, you know, play these different... My mom's a worshiper, no doubt about it. And so she doesn't care about just playing music. That's not her heart. Uh, She really has a heart to lead and to help people experience the presence of God. And so um, much of... um, who I am is because of my parents. And uh, there's been many, many, many late nights when dad said, see y'all later, I'm going to bed, that mom would stay up and talk with me. And, uh, you know, and, and even to this day, there's still, um, especially um, with mom, is that there's many times I call and it's like, I just need to talk. I, I, just, I just need a mom ear. And, uh, you know, and so, um, but, so that's a little bit of the details and you'll hear more uh, kind of as we get through a few things, but I had a few questions that I sent her and asked her. And so we're going to start off with kind of a, a more funny one, which is this probably might be one of the ones that you're more interested in, um, in some ways, but, uh, I asked her, you know, and so we're going to kind of get it and we'll just see what, how we, what directions we all end up going with this. But the first question I had for her is, uh, what's the hardest thing that you had to deal with with raising me? And uh, I am the, the, the baby of three. I have two older sisters. And uh, so, uh, but we're all three and a half years apart. So we were all bam, bam, bam. And uh, I was the uh, surprise that came a little earlier than expected. But I'm here, bless the Lord. And uh, so, but, so that's kind of our family dynamic a little bit. And, uh, but, so, I told her nothing was off limits, by the way. So I didn't censor this. So whatever she says, she says. And, uh, but, uh, so, First question, what was the hardest thing about raising me? Well, Dara can relate to this. I saw oh, Lord. this happen yesterday. Oh, okay. This is going to be good. This is good. Okay. <laughs> I, could, I could hardly discipline him because he would crack me up every time. 
joking about stuff or whatever, you know. And by the time I could think that I could whip him, I'd forgotten what he'd done. It's the art of distraction. Yeah, absolutely. I saw Max doing that with Daryl yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lord. I can yep. help you, honey. So, yeah, and we had also talked about um, that I was just curious. It was questions, questions, questions. Inquisitive, very just exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the time. So, so many questions. Yeah, I mean, that's my. She she told me one time my favorite question was why, 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 and uh, you know it's not because I was rebellious. I just wanted to really understand, uh, you know. And so she was very loving in that way, um, as far as being willing to answer my questions. Well, we always had a, I don't know what you call it, a, a forum at our house. There was no question that was a stupid question. No question, that was a silly question. Ask the question, we'll let, do our best to answer it. Yeah. But I think that created a, an environment where we had a relationship. Right. That, I mean, you know, like many of y'all don't know this, but I go on, my family goes on vacation with my family. Like we all go. Like. All 16. Is it six? I'm, about to say, I'm losing count now. <laughs> all 16 of us go for a week. And people, you know, my dad gets a lot of questions like, your family wants to do that? <laughs> you know, like they, they want to be together. And it, and it is, you know, I'm actually friends with my siblings. And so we talk and we call and, you know, not all the time. I mean, you know, but at the same time, there's a dynamic. But it was created because we were allowed to, to have some questions and talk and even disagree at times. Um, you know, and so, uh, you know, there was definitely some things. She's being very kind and not answering certain things there. Uh, because even though I said this, uh, you know, about her a moment ago, is that she's a pit bull. Well, I kind of get that from her. If you've been around me very much, you know, I can be very, let's just do it. Let's just get to it. Like, let's just make it happen. I get it from her. And, uh, you know, and so, but there's, there's that stubbornness at times, uh, if you want to call it that, but also that drive. Really stubborn? I didn't. I, I said I'm stubborn. I didn't say that about you. Okay. I did not okay. say that. All right. Good. Uh, okay. You know, and so there were definitely some things, though. Um, you know, and I would say, too, I, you know, which, I mean, I've talked about this publicly, but for me, I think, even in my relationship with you probably, and you could speak to this as a mom, when I was a teenager finding my place and really walking through depression and trying to figure out my identity, and, I mean, that had to be for you as a mom because you're, feel kind of helpless, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. It's difficult, you know, mm-hmm. as you let let go and let your kids grow. Mm-hmm. But the depression thing was really hard, hard to watch it. Sure. Hard to see it. He, I'm one of these that you bet, best better show my pastor some appreciation. One time I, he was <laughs> sitting out in the congregation. I'm up there on my keyboard playing, praising God. And I look up there and I see the top of his head. And I was like, okay. And I just sat there, and he finally looked up at me, and I said, you better be standing up, buddy. If the pastor <laughs> says stand up, you better stand up. If he says run around this building, you better run around the building, because that's just how I am. Yeah, I used to get in trouble in church, and she would give me the finger from the piano pew and go. <laughs> and that meant I had to take the walk of shame around the church and get up on stage and sit on the piano bench with her. And so that was kind of my time out. Before time out, there was the piano bench. And so, uh, you know, uh, that's the way it was for me. And, uh, 
You know, and one thing I will say too about that, even many times the reason that that even had to take place was because my dad traveled a lot. So yes. she was kind of solo mom a lot. Uh, probably, I don't know, half the time he was gone traveling. And uh, so she had to do the work of two many times. And, uh, you know, and so when it was in church, there wasn't anybody else to say, go back here with your dad. You know, <laughs> there wasn't that option. It was like, well, this is it. So you're coming up here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so uh, each child presented its own challenges. And we'll get into some of that here in a few minutes. But uh, the next question that I had for you was, what's your favorite or best thing about being a mom or a grandmother? Grandmother is easy because <laughs> you just love the little darlings and send them home. Oh. Give them anything they want. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. We love it. Yeah. It's so much better than being a parent. I'm sorry. If we thought it'd be so much fun, we'd have done it first. It's a process, man. It's a process. It's our reward for having kids. <laughs> My parents have a drawer in their house. It's called a snack drawer. And it's full of all the sugary things and items that you probably don't want your kids to have. But she's like, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and so, uh, yeah, there's no doubt. So uh, I touched on this a second ago uh, for a moment. But so... Many of you haven't met my sisters, but we are three very unique, very different, uh, pretty independent uh, people. We're opinionated people, um, you know, but very different. And so, uh, and if you have more than one child, you have two different kids. I mean, my girl's two months old. She ain't Max. I know that. Uh, You know, I already am fully aware that she is different. And so, what were some of the challenges raising three pretty strong Willed, strong-minded, driven children. The biggest challenge was keeping you from killing each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. But the other is not to fall in the trap of raising your kids the same way. Yeah. You have to, you have to figure out how to do that. I have one daughter that we could look at, and she would just boohoo. That's my oldest one. Our middle one, we were going to beat the daylights out of her. Rightfully so. She was so strong-willed, so so strong. Oh, you got to tell that story. Which one? About when you... (laughs) (laughs) Let me just say this. David was small for the longest time until he was probably in his 20s. So he, he was, even though he'd be like, he's not that much younger than Jennifer, but he was small and she was like, at 14, she was six feet tall. So, so we had this going. She was a very aggravating child. And it took the Holy Ghost to show me that because I'd be in the kitchen doing dinner or whatever. My sister would just go stand in front of the TV because we wouldn't change the channel to watch the show she wants. She'd go stand in front of it. And, just... and I couldn't hear her saying anything. Because she, she wouldn't. She was smarter and than that. David and Melissa would be screaming and carrying on and I'd say, what is wrong with y'all? They'd go, Jennifer, won't get out of the way. Won't get out of the way. Well, one day. <sighs> my I'm... sister's going to listen to this and this is going to bring her <laughs> great joy that my mother's making me tell this story. <laughs> So, Jennifer, you're welcome. Um, I don't know. I was probably about 12. And so that would have made her about 13. And so she was much larger than me. And uh, I'm going to edit out all the details. But long story short, she was just being old enough. And I tried to leave the room. 
And she grabbed me and whipped me around. What she did, I just swung. I cold knocked her out. Just bam! And uh, so we in didn't... The closet. Yeah, it scared me to death. I thought I killed her. I really did. I thought, oh my God. I didn't know what... I'd never seen anybody get knocked out before. I thought she was dead. I mean, she's just like... And uh, so I don't know when you found out about it. He didn't find out about it until we were in our 20s. And he was still mad about it. Yeah, it's a good thing. And he was like, I mean, we were on vacation. I remember, and it came up, and he was like, you did what? <laughs> he was mad about it. I'm like, Dad, it's like, you know, what do you call that? Statue of limitations is way gone on that. Like, I can't get in trouble anymore. And, uh, yeah, so, but, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, we definitely had a very normal dynamic growing up. Uh, you know, I mean, we, I mean, well. But the beauty of it is. Of the all, all three of them, they Jennifer and David have the tightest relationship of all of them. Which is a miracle, but yes, really, <laughs> it's just. I mean, and when we talk about Jennifer to her husband, he's like, "Huh, huh, Jennifer?" And I'm like, "Yes, we all lived with her." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we had some, you know, and look, and we had a normal home. I mean, we had, an, and I say that normal as in. Everything wasn't perfect. Far from it. Um, you know, there were lots of arguments and disagreements and screaming and fighting. And I'm not just talking about the children, by the way. Uh, I mean, even with my parents and, you know, but, uh, you know, and so we were very normal. By the way, that is normal. Maybe not the screaming and the throwing, but if, if you've got two people in a relationship, you're going to have some disagreements. You know, and if you've got children, you're going to have some disagreements. And, uh, but I think what what you said a moment ago is so key and important is this, is that you've got to let go and let them grow. Exactly. Because they gave us freedom to fall. Not to just, like, be destroyed, but they gave us enough room to make our own decisions and to kind of live with those consequences. It didn't mean that they didn't love us. It didn't mean that they weren't for us. Uh, It didn't mean that they didn't help us even after we fell. Um, You know, but there were times of that. And so, but I believe what, Oh, I know you said, um, I think you may have touched on this, but one of the things that you had mentioned to me earlier was about um, the Lord, what the Lord spoke to you when Melissa was going through some of her challenges. Um, talk about that for a second. When you were talking about, um, don't forget the other two. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> our oldest daughter, Melissa, at around 18, uh, decided to go the way of the world. And it was very hard. She was very rebellious. And um, I don't remember exactly how much time had passed, but I was just kind of, I was so focused on her and so concerned about her. And uh, I, in one day, just walking around my house and in prayer, the Lord just stopped me dead in my tracks and said, um, there is a lot going on with Melissa, but don't forget those other two children you have. And it was like like a slap in my face. And yet, I knew that that was the Lord speaking to me. And at that point, I felt like we should open and invite the church. The neighborhood. The neighborhood. You know, kids that, you know, come to our house, drink our Dr. Peppers, eat our food. Now you know where I get it from? They never cleaned up, you know, nothing like that. And it became a hangout for the kids. And the rebellion with my daughter lasted many years. And through that 
and it was probably at least a 10-year period that we had youth come into our house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dave would come in at 10.30 or whatever, and, hey, I'm going to cook hamburgers for the guys. I'm like, we're going to bed. <laughs> See you later, yeah. 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 Well, but y'all kind of had the mindset, though, if y'all are going to hang out, I'd rather you be at my house than somebody else's. Exactly. Because where, and that was my point, where, where do we let kids go that are Christian? And not there Christian. There is nowhere. There were lots of non-Christians who came. Well, there, yeah, we did. Yeah, we felt like we'd been uh, invaded by the Matrix <laughs> guys one day. I mean, they walked in, and Jerry and I were like, what? And they walked by, and we were... We were raised in the 60s. We know what marijuana smells like. They walked by us, and I was like, uh, I couldn't find David. We had another youth pastor in the house. I was like, uh, we got some potheads in there. <laughs> would, uh, would you ask them to leave? They don't even know us. We don't know them. So, tell, you know, we was like, ooh, marijuana in our house. Yeah. Lord, have mercy. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Mama was about to rain down the Holy Ghost in the yeah. house. And, uh, I mean, I was but, looking for fire, fire from heaven or something. I was yeah. like, Lord have mercy. Well, I think that that was key, though, especially for me, uh, because it gave me a place to bring my friends, yeah. uh, which ultimately one of my brother-in-laws was one of those kids. Yes. Um, it was one of my good friends from high school. Well, he would come and hang out at the house, and yep. he ultimately married Jennifer. So, you know, and so he was one of my best friends in high school. But if we wouldn't have yeah. been able to... <laughs> be around the house and really know that they were welcomed I mean I would try to get like I'd be like let's go to y'all's house I'm tired of going there uh-uh, we ain't going to my, we're going to your house you know and so uh but I think that that's a lot of the Lord used that in my life to really I, I think in a lot of ways um protect me from a lot of just ridiculousness for lack of a better term not that I still didn't have my fair share but also there was uh I think there was a lot of wisdom in that, and I think that it bears out in mine and Jennifer's life um, that it would have been easy to be consumed with right. Melissa. Right. Uh, you know, and, with, and it's not that they just said, well, good luck. And you know, she did, and Melissa did get her life turned around, sure. <clears throat> by the way. I mean, yeah. it took 18 years, but, you know, God was faithful. So. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 you know, and the, the side of that, too, and it's even the story of the prodigal son. The father waited looking, yep. but he didn't go running until he saw the son. That's right. He didn't go find him. He waited for him. To, the Bible says he had to come to himself. And, uh, and as a parent, that's incredibly difficult. Yes, it um, is. You know, because, uh, you know, those are decisions and choices that you make. And so, but even in life and even as we've talked and, uh, you know, is that there's, challenges in just life in period and just with all the things that come along and so uh, especially as a mom uh, you know I I think many times that ladies feel much more of the burden and the responsibility than we do as men Uh, you know I can remember uh, you know just in my own life when I turned 18 my dad was like all right well you're off my payroll like you better go get a job because you got a car and you got insurance and you need gas and you know and that was just kind of the way it was and I think us men are more wired that way (coughs) Where, as moms, I'm still mama's boy. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how old I get. She tells me all the time, don't, it doesn't matter how old you get. You're always going to be my boy. And, uh, you know, and so, but I think that many times women take on that responsibility and the weight. And exactly what she said is that you've got to entrust them to God. You know, as we were talking last night, one of the things that we had talked about is that, especially for you moms, is that you have to realize that God loves your child more than you do. And, and he God knows is, them. Yeah, and he knows them better. And so allowing and trusting the Lord with your children. 
And for that matter, even with your fourth child who's sitting on the front row over here. Uh, not really. Not really. But there were some things, though, that, I mean, we make the joke. They got married. He was 18. She was 20. So she had to finish raising him. That's kind of the joke. Um, you know, and uh, so, you know, in so many ways. But, but it is that, is that even in your relationship, your married relationship, it's about trusting the Lord. Is it, Lord, even you know my spouse better than I know my spouse. Yes. You know, and the most important relationship that you can have for your kids is that with your spouse. You can't put your kids above your spouse. No. You know, I love what Jimmy Evans says, says about kids. Their spiritual gift is to suck out your soul. <laughs> that's their natural gift. And I'm like, you know. But the reality that's is, and that's one thing that I can say about my parents, even though there were times that, yes, it was out in front. It was kind of an understood thing that mom and dad are going to their room to talk. <laughs> Don't y'all come back there. And what that meant was, we got to go get squared away so that we can be united in front of y'all. Because we're not going to let y'all get between us. I tried that a few times and my backside convinced me that was not a good idea. And, uh, you know, and and so, but there were some things though in that, 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 you know, nobody's perfect. And that's what you need to hear. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's got this thing figured out. I didn't bring it up here with me. I'll tell you what, let me grab it real quick. I'll mention this real quick. Um, There's a book. And we'll get some for our bookstore, but if you want to get it online, I would encourage you to. I like this book, but it says, um, God knows how to raise your kids even if you don't. Exactly right. It's a, by a guy named Joe McGee. And it's a great little book, uh, but if you're kind of curious on some more uh, principles, if you will, of raising godly kids, it's important that, I mean, if we're all honest, I mean, I've got two at home, and there's times I'm like, I don't know what to do. There's times I'm like, I don't know what to do with Dara. She's a grown woman, you know. And, and But... <laughs> And she definitely doesn't know what to do with me. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that realizing is that God knows. Is that God's created them uh, for a specific purpose. One of the things that you had talked about, um, too, with this was the scripture there in Proverbs. Where it talks about leading your children according to their bent. In other mm-hmm. words, the way that they're wired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you... It's your responsibility as a parent to find out. Find out what their interests are. You're not going to... Um, for instance, our two girls, oldest girl, girly girl, all about bows, all about ribbons, all about dressy stuff. Second girl, uh-uh. She wasn't having none of it. None of it. They are so diametrically opposed to one another. When I found out I was pregnant with David, which was not planned, and I, I mean, I had in my mind that my two girls, that was it. God had other things in mind. But people would say, oh, oh, this baby will be different than your girls. And I'm like, uh-uh, it's not possible. They are so different from one another. But he was. Nope. But, and let me just say this. I, I haven't said this in front of you. I just saw <clears throat> Holy Ghost reminded me when I was sitting in there in worship. When I found out I was pregnant with you, I was pretty upset. And I was, you know, like, crying around, like, for a week or two. And my spiritual mom got up in my face, Helen Hilton, you know who I'm talking about. And she straightened me out pretty good. And what I viewed as a mistake has turned out to be one of my biggest blessings. appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Take 
wicked way. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that on a lighter note. I tell my sisters that my parents stopped with perfection. <laughs> so they tried the first two, and they got to me, and they're like, man, this is just perfect. We're just, we're just done. So that's, that's what I tell my sisters. And I know y'all are going to listen to this, and that's still the truth. Uh, Jesus will confirm it one day. But... Um, just kidding, just kidding, but not really. But um, So here was one of the other questions, and I think this is kind of a rhetorical question, but it's more the second side that I want you all to hear, which is, did you ever feel like you were a good mom, or did you ever feel like you were a bad mom? So let's start with the first one. Did you ever feel like you were a good mom? Probably not till you were out of high school. No? Okay, okay. Well, what about being a bad mom? I don't know a woman alive that doesn't feel like she's a bad mom at some time, some point in time, or they feel like they've done the stupidest thing that ever could be done. How could you... Now, this is how old we are. I'm sorry, but we had actually had diaper pins and cloth diapers. But you would take that, and I mean, how many times can you poke a kid with that before you stop? I I just stabbed my kid, you know? <laughs> so how did you overcome some of that, though? So that, that way of thinking and really, I mean, we, we know biblically it's attacks of the enemy. The Bible says he's the yeah. accuser. And so he's constantly coming with an assault to try to get you. So how did you overcome some of that way of, that way of thinking? Just speaking the word of God over myself. Yeah, I mean, nobody's perfect. And that was the other thing. And we didn't know anybody else in our age group that did this. But we apologized to y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we were said something stupid or or not, or jump, with three kids as, as young together as y'all were, it was like, okay, we don't know who's responsible. We don't even know who did it. But we're just going to, you know, you go in there and you just discipline everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all going, y'all on restriction, you know. Yeah, when mom was out of town, dad was just like, y'all just line up. Like, <laughs> I ain't even asking questions. So, you know, it's like, I remember one time my mom was, she was at a conference somewhere. Oh, Lord. And I got spanked over some towels and my response was, I demand to talk to mom. <laughs> like, you know, I need to plead my case. And he wasn't having none of it. There weren't cell phones back then. So, but, um. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, you said just, well, the other thing, too, that we talked about uh, when we were talking through some of this was just the importance of having other ladies in your life. Oh, yeah. Um, you had, you know, like there was a lady named Dora Merritt who was a best friend, halfway helped raise me at times and made me chicken and dumplings when I was a child, praise the Lord. She'd and, uh, quicker than I would. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And, uh, but, I mean, y'all would go and walk together. Oh, yeah. Y'all, Walk the mall, walk track, y'all wouldn't, but, but some of it, and the reason I bring that up is because it's important to know you're not alone. Like, you're not the only one who's ready to make a kid disappear. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, there are times, and even just saying, man, I just need a break. I mean, I can remember times where, which I didn't know this, uh, you know, I saw a commercial here or some little snip the other day, and, uh, you know, Walgreens, they have a slogan, like the, at the corner of happy and healthy, and that's a lady's code word to her husband. I'm going to Walgreens. In other words, that's code for I'm about to snap. And so I need to go to happy and healthy. She may not even be going to Walgreens. but And there were times that I'm sure she probably dropped us off with, we called, she's not my aunt, but we called her Aunt Dora. There were probably times that we were at Aunt Dora's because mom was about to send one of us on to Jesus. And uh, 
You know, and so they were definitely, but that's so key too, is to be in relationship with other, especially other ladies, other moms, other women. Uh, because, and even, maybe even a season ahead of you, that can say, hey, yeah. I know it's tough right now, uh, you know, and, and so it's so important. Um, so it kind of, it's not really along the same lines, but we talked about this some too. Is um, You said one of the most difficult things as a mom is walking with your kids through their difficult times. Yes. So whether that be uh, with Melissa, with her season, right. uh, whether that be through Jennifer with her various challenges, whether that be with me, um, you know, we all had challenges. And even serving the Lord, we've had some serious challenges at times, um, you know, because life does get messy. And so... Uh, why don't you speak to that a little bit about just, um, you know, dealing with those challenges of, you know, and you kind of spoke to it already a little bit when you talked about really trusting the Lord. But, you know, in those moments where you want to go rescue your baby. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Um, but the bottom line is either you trust God or you don't. Either you believe that he's going to work in their life or he's not. And... It is hard to, to not, especially how, how old they are. Age has a lot to do with that. Um, from time to time, I've had women in the church call me, and I uh, was a, a pretty good friend, and um, she's all up in arms because her um, daughter was dating a guy, and he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. And the first thing I asked her was, how old is your daughter? And she told me she was 18. I said, leave her alone. And she was like, what? I said, leave her alone. Pray in the spirit. Trust God. And he'll, he'll fix it. Yeah. Either, either we believe that we've done and put in our kids what we have. And at 18 and above, this is my, it's my personal opinion. You may not, that's fine. But at that point, either you trust God or you don't. No. It's it's that it's just that simple. Well, I mean, you said you, you know when we were talking about this, um, you know, at that point, either you've put it in them or you haven't. Exactly. And that's where having a relationship, going back to having conversations and being able to agree to disagree, uh, you right. know, um, th- that's not typical. And so I think that even uh, you know one of the things that I've watched you guys do, and I've appreciated it even as your son, is that. Um, even when I've gone through my difficult times and difficult seasons and moments and struggle, you weren't just there with your opinion. I had to ask for it. Right. Neither one of y'all did that as far as... Oh, and we had opinions. Well, there's no... (laughs) Yes, ma'am, we did. Yes, ma'am, we did. And that's the challenge as a parent is that because you want to say, uh, that is no... No, we don't, we don't want you going through that. We don't want you doing that. But I think there was a lot of wisdom, too, for you guys of knowing right. when to speak and when not to. Exactly. Knowing when to say something and when to wait. And right. kind of letting us make our decisions, make mistakes, and kind of dealing with the repercussions that came from those mistakes. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think that was, there was a lot of wisdom. And obviously, there's different seasons of life. Um, you know, I mean, at this point, we're all family, but we're all friends, too. Uh, you know, they're on the, the real joyous side of it where they get the grandkids and we're in good relationship as, you know, hopefully we're not all crazy, but we all still got a little crazy in us places. Right. But, uh, you know, but, but 
you know, we call it, uh, we have a term in our household, which is for mom, which is mama bear's about to come out. And, uh, you know, and so that's that whole, I'm about to come and rescue and to swoop in and to fix. And, you know, but I, I think, um, you know, many times, um, you know, and we don't have time to go into a lot of the detail, but there were lots of times in each of, of your children's life where you're like, let me just go pack them up and bring them home. Um, you know, because it would have been easier. Oh, Lord, are we going to talk about that? No, we're not going into all the details because we ain't we got time. Just, but, we, oh, Lord, let's yeah. talk about Springfield. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, no, we're not going into all that. But, but there were definitely times where the, the best thing for her to do as a mom was to pray, not to rescue. And that's incredibly difficult. You know, I mean, we were talking about it last night, and yeah. uh, and, and I, we won't, I won't go into all the details, but um, the first place that I stepped out to go into ministry was in a little town in Missouri, and uh, y'all got about 10 minutes out of town and had to pull over because everything was just chaos. Because we were both already in the ugly cry. Yeah. So you said it was the only time in y'all's 46 years that y'all both were... We couldn't help each other. Yeah, couldn't help each other. It's the only time. And uh, how long did you say y'all sat there on the we side of the road? We sat there on the side of the road 10 minutes easily. I looked over at him and I said, Jerry, either you move this car and we go get on the interstate or I'm going to get my babies. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to get my babies. Well. So, but we did and we cried, hand to God, we cried until we got to Springfield, which was an hour away, both of us. And that had never, and it hasn't happened since. It, it was just, I mean, it was grief and I don't know how to even explain it. It was very difficult. And it only went downhill from there. Yeah, it uh, sure did. That's actually true. It, it it's really actually was. true. Uh, we moved there. And uh, it was just a, to say it was chaos is kind of an understatement. And, uh, you know, and even in that, I can speak from my perspective. It's still to this day the hardest time I've ever walked through in my life, without question. Uh, it was 18 months of all-out hell. Um, you know, and it was very difficult. Um, in a lot of ways, but I also look at it now in the rearview mirror. If they would have rescued me, and if she would have kind of pulled the mom card and said, nobody's doing this to my baby, that season is a lot of what has shaped me um, and has really built into me who God has created me to be today. And so without that season, I wouldn't be who I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty convinced I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Um, you know, and so she had to be willing to, as a mom, to trust the Lord, even in the midst of something that was very challenging. Um, you know, and so I think that's so key. And, and just letting me know, and this is one thing I told her, is I knew when she said, I'm praying for you, I knew she was saying, I knew it was the truth. It wasn't like a token, oh, I'll pray for you. No, I knew my mom was really praying. Uh, and so even for you moms, uh, I, I think that, uh, that that's so key for you and for your kids is to know that it's more than just in word, that you're really praying for them. Uh, because I, I believe that uh, it, it's so vital and so important. And so um, here's kind of a side note. We, don't, we talked about this, but it's not one of the questions. But I, I do want to uh, feel led to, to touch on this. But, um, you know, Kind of the, our family dynamic, as I said, there's a lot of uh, variety in this room right now. And, um, you know, uh, we have two that I mentioned that we never got to meet. Um, you know, through several situations, circumstances, I won't go into all the details. But, um, you know, there are two grandkids that she's never got to, to see. Well, my oldest sister had, has gotten remarried 
to a great guy. And I actually had the privilege of marrying them. And so, but they decided they wanted to, uh, now she had the first kids, um, you know, so she has a 19-year-old and a 12-year-old. 13. She just made 13, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. She just had a birthday. And, uh. But anyhow, they decided that they wanted to have to have a child together. And, uh, well, they were unable to have a baby together. Now, they tried in vitro. They tried all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, so you name it, they were trying to have a baby. Well, ultimately, um, they've actually, uh, and this actually in the last few months has just actually been finalized. They've actually adopted two boys. Uh, two separate boys are three months. Fostered three, two. Adults. Yeah, fostered yeah. two boys. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, even in that situation, uh, you know, which, would you share just what you shared with me about the two boys? You said that, you know, like the concern was, could I love these yes. like when, I do biological? When Melissa called me uh, and let me know that they had um, gotten a baby at willis Knighton South that was um, preemie and that she was going to foster him, I'd never, that had never even entered my mind. Our kids were so close together, I wouldn't think about having another child. I, I mean, I was like, uh-uh. So I, it never really even was on my radar, and I really didn't even know that my daughter had applied for it. But she called me, and she said, Mom, I've never had a baby without my mom. And I said, I'll be right there. Got in my car and went up there, and on the way up there, I prayed, and just a gut-wrenching honest prayer and I said Lord I don't know if I can love a baby that's not biologically mine and um, and that was the end of my prayer and I walked in and uh, she picked picked him up put him in my arms and when she put him in my arms he grabbed me here and here and I sat and looked at him and watched the monitor. It was at 160 beats per minute, and it dropped to 120 in like one minute. And Melissa happens to be a NICU nurse. So, I mean, I, I didn't know. I was like, what, what, what is, what's wrong? What heart, what, why, is this, why is this heartbeat dropping like that? And she said their heartbeats drop when they know that someone has come to help them. And I was like, oh! That's what I said. (laughs) But um, we have a connection. And the second one, I'm not sure why I have such a connection with him, except that he just screams and runs 100 miles an hour when he sees me. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah. I I didn't show you that picture. It's pretty cool. But anyway. (laughs) He's a little, I, I think I might know why. He's a little fighter. He's, yeah, he's a cool little guy. Well, we have like five preemies in our family. Yep. So that's a little little high there. Yeah. So My anyway. wife doesn't give birth to preemies. No. But, uh, I know. Somebody's got to be the superstar, you know. <laughs> that's her. That's her. We got some big ones. But, uh, you know, um, what time is it? Got a few minutes. So one of the questions is towards the end, and we're going to skip a couple. But I asked if if you could relive a particular season of motherhood, what would it be and why? I said all of it. It would be great if we could have do-overs, but we don't, you know. Well, you said you said all of it if you could keep all the wisdom you had now. You said, right. You said if you could know what you exactly. knew now and go back. Exactly. Let's redo it. But uh, you know. Yes. So okay. So last question. Um, and, which is, uh, what advice would you give to ladies and moms that are here? Okay. This is not necessarily spiritual, 
but it's just what I felt like the Holy Ghost told me just about it. But anyway, I would say don't take life too seriously. Lighten up. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Life is too short to be taken seriously. Find humor in the mun- mundane things and learn to laugh at yourself. And don't take yourself too seriously. Well, you know, one thing in that which we didn't get to touch on it, but I'll briefly touch on it uh, just quickly. Um, you know, one of the things that about my mom that is important to know is she really didn't have a great role model in her mother uh, in a lot of ways. Not that her mom wasn't there, but my grandmother was a very negative person. She just was. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how to say it. It's just the truth. Um, you know, and so there were lots of things where uh, she was told she couldn't do things, um, you know, because of polio, because of limitations, because of certain things um, that my grandmother was just always make the statement, Sue can't do that, Sue can't do that, Sue yeah. can't do that. Yeah. And, uh, and so you'd said something about like you'd made a determination because of that, that with us, that it was kind of the sky's right. the limit. Right. I'd, I'd be very careful about telling, telling kids that. When they come to you, if they come to you just like my 13-year-old granddaughter, girl, Morgan is one of the most serious athletes I've ever seen. I thought and, I was competitive. Uh, she hit a softball the other day, 249 feet. It hit the top of the thing and didn't go over. She was wanting to get a home run. But she is so serious about it. But... Whatever the kids come to me and say, I want to be whatever. I want to be this. And I, we always tell them, both of us, always tell them, you can be anything you want to be if you're willing to work for it. Sky's the limit. Go for it. We'll support you 100%. Yep. So that's oh, yeah. kind of the gist of it, you know. Yeah. Um, but just be positive the way you speak to your kids. Be very careful. If you even have to step back and go in another room till you can get yourself together, be very careful about that. Oh. And, you know, as husband and wives, don't let them work you. I, I, all kids will do it. I can't help it. You may think your little darling would never do it, but I'm here to tell you every one of them will do it. They will work one against the other. And we got into this thing and the kids go, oh, man. But, yeah, they come in there and, and say, well, will Dad say? Or, well, uh, 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 you know, uh, did... Can I go? Can I go, Daddy? Can I go? And then they come in there to you, and and Dad said no. And come there to you. Oh, uh, what well, Dad said, I could go. And I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. And really, trust the Holy Ghost. I mean, He will show you. I mean, my my daughter, especially Melissa, when she was like. 14, 15, and we could actually let our kids go to the mall. It was actually safe enough to let them do that, like on a Friday night. Don't do that anymore. But, but they would go and hang out, and they would come in, and they would swear. I mean, they said, you talked to our then youth pastor. You told him we were going to visit the malls, didn't you? They really believed we had Holy Ghost spies out there and that we called people to be planted in different places. I said, that's the Holy Ghost, baby. You planted them. You planted them. There's no doubt. Yeah. I was more, I was convinced my mom was the Holy Spirit for a long time. And, uh, 
Because, yeah. And so there was a lot of foolishness that was dealt with. Well, you know what the Bible says. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Hey, this is, I used and to tell my... used it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, this was your other favorite one. Uh, I can't say for the girls, but I, I joke that this was the first scripture that I'd memorized because I'd heard it so many times. Is that, you know, if I didn't want to do what, what she was asking me to do, she would quote and say, Honor your mother and father in the Lord, for this is right. She's like, for, you know, it's the first commandment with a promise. And she would, and she would say, You can live long and well. Or you can live short and miserable. But the choice is yours right now. And I can't tell you how many times that I heard that. You know, I mean, because she was just, you know, but, I, but again, I think in so many ways, uh, they were putting the word into us. And just saying, look, I, I, and even to the point of, and I'm talking about as a child. I don't mean as a teenager. As a kid, she's telling me, you choose. Life and death is right there. You choose it. Blessing, cursing. It's your choice, buddy. You know. We don't have to go that route, but if you want to go that route, we'll go that route. Yep. But, you know, but just speaking the word and putting it into us and, and speaking that in our home, um, you know, but not just saying, well, bad dad gummit, this is what you're going to do. It wasn't a forced thing. It was, hey, this choice is yours. You get to make this decision. And so, uh, you know, but uh, we do want to pray for all the ladies today. And so if I could, not just the moms, I want to pray for all the ladies and so if you're a female in the house this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand up with us. And uh, we want to pray over you this morning. And uh, so, because I realize that uh, some of you are moms. Not all of you are. Some of you hope to be moms. Uh, some of you are believing God even currently uh, to be a mom. And so, uh, there you go. Uh, you know, so we wanted to pray this morning because I believe the Lord has uh, blessings for you. And uh, so we're going uh, to pray. Do you have anything particular you wanted to pray? Or do you want me to pray? Okay, I'll pray. Well, let's just pray. Father God, I just thank you so much, Father. I thank you for every woman that's here this morning. Father, I thank you for those who are already moms even right now in this moment. Father, I thank you for your grace, your wisdom, your strength to be upon them. Father, in this season, knowing um, how to live in a way that would bring honor and glory to you, Father, they would be able to raise um, their babies, Father, in a way that they would come to know you. But Father, I just thank you for your strength and your peace. Father, I thank you for your healing in their life, Father, even in the times um, where they may not know what to do or how to be a mom or, or... Uh, Maybe to have the right answer to the right question. Father, I just thank you for your wisdom and strength to be about them. Uh, Father, I also lift up every lady who's here, Father, that maybe, uh, maybe doesn't have a child yet, but Father, has that longing in them. Father, I just thank you, Father, that uh, your grace, your ability would be upon them. Father, I thank you for even the life. ladies who may be here who maybe don't even have a spouse yet. Father, I thank you, Father, that you're orchestrating their life and ordering their steps, Father, uh, even now to bring about the right person at the right time. Father, to bring, uh, bring that about into their lives. So, Father, I just thank you, Father, for who you are. Father, we know that you have good plans for us. And so, Father, we thank you. Father, even we have those who are here this morning that may feel the loss of a mother in their own life. Father, I thank you that you would come in by the power of the Spirit, Father, and feel that in their heart, Father, that you would be that one who would stick close to them. So, Father, we thank you. Father, we honor (coughs) uh, these ladies this morning. And, Father, we know that you love them and you are confident, Father, for your good uh, purposes in their life. So, Father, we just thank you. We praise you for it now in the name of Jesus.